Hi, everyone. Um, sorry for the background noise. I think the washer is about to go um, because it's like grinding when it's cleaning the clothes. And my room is right above the washer and dryer where it is in the basement. So if you hear any weird noises, I don't know how to edit and it doesn't matter where I go in this house. You're still going to hear it. So I'm sorry. Um, just a little update. So Alicia is finally starting to get better. Um, and she's not going back to work until at least next Wednesday. So that means that she'll have been out of work for over two weeks. Um, it was just, this was not a good case of COVID. Not that any case is a good case of COVID, but shit, man. Like, it's so weird being the one responsible. Not that, like, I have to do anything different other than take care of her, but it's just weird me being responsible for, like, I don't know, everything. <laughs> because when a sick person is, like, you know, they can't do anything, like, it's, you have to do all the things. And I don't know, that's just, like, a weird role to be in. I'm not a parent, so I've never had to do shit like that. Um, but anyways, so she, this bitch, not her. So her job um, is kind of stupid. And I really, as far as, I mean, her the management, the management is dumb. And people really need to just start learning how to do their jobs or find something else if you're fucking miserable and don't like your job. So like Alicia got a call from employee health, um, today's Friday. So it was the other day, Wednesday, because they wanted to see like what her status was. And so she's like, I'm still coughing stuff up. I can, you know, I, I having a hard time, like with energy still, I still have brain fog, blah, blah, blah. So then they're like, well, you're gonna have to like, call your doctor. And Alicia's like, why? And they're like, you know, just you got to call your doctor and make sure everything's like, okay, or whatever. And Alicia's like, um, I don't think they're gonna do anything. And then the lady was like, well, are you sure that it's COVID? Like, you know, maybe you have bronchitis. And Alicia just was like, no. And like, she ended the phone call, like she was amicable with the lady, but like, she's telling me this conversation, right? And whenever she tells me stuff from work that has to do with stupid people, it just triggers some rage or something. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it just immediately brings me back to like my last place of employment, um, which is the job that made me decide to just not work for anybody else anymore. Um, I don't know, like, I just, I just go into this, like, oh, fuck these people, and, um, because I was, like, you should have just, like, next time, like, you get a call like that, if I'm around, like, I want to talk to them, because I would have, if that was me, and that bitch was, like, do you have bronchitis, maybe it's bronchitis, I would have been, like, oh, you know what, you're right, because I got three positive tests for COVID, right, and this is, like, this is what I would tell the lady, I'd be, like, so... The first one was negative, but that was on the weekend at the wellness clinic, and they don't really do a whole lot of work over there. So then I went to like the real testing site and I tested positive. But I also had two at home tests that I took, and they were also positive. So do you mean to tell me that COVID really is bronchitis? Like, is that what it is? You're so fucking smart. Like, I do, I do have bronchitis. Oh my God. Like, fuck these people. And I, I'm like, I'm not mad, but like, I was when she said that to me, because it's just like, God, 
like, I'm not trying to make, like, an issue out of something. I'm just, like, I really get so pissed off that that lady was, like, are you sure it's not bronchitis? Because it's, like, hello, bitch. Okay, so you're not the one that talked to Alicia at the beginning of the week. You're a different person that works at employee health. So before you call somebody who's out with COVID, perhaps you should look up some phone notes and see who spoke to them last, what did they say to them, and what was the employee supposed to do or not do. And then you make the phone call. You don't just like, oh, this person's still out. Let me call, see what's going on, because it's time to, like, and then, you know, treat them like they're assholes because, you know, like, they're out sick. And you just need people back so that you can start paying them to do work and not paying them to recover from COVID because they're still doing COVID pay. Um, I didn't know that, but they are. 10 days, I think. Um, And it's just so unprofessional. And like, like Alicia's not been doing good. And so these people that call and just talk about you like you're not even like a real person and it's like we just need you when you're gonna come back to work like you seem fine like let's go you know like we're all human beings motherfucker and it pisses me off when you're just concerned about like okay we need to start making money again let's get these people back to work and not like oh you know let's make sure that we take care of you you take whatever time you need off to make sure you get better like it's not like alicia abuses the system or anything like that like she's the last person that would want to take time off but like COVID's nothing to mess around with and all she did was answer the questions honestly when they were like, what are your symptoms? And she said that, you know, and then she's getting like an attitude from somebody on the phone because she was honest about her symptoms. And then they want to say that she's got bronchitis. I'm like, are you fucking stupid? And then today they called her again because they said they would. And she answered the questions the same way that she did before. She's like, I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm still like stuff is coming up when I'm coughing. Um, I still have some of the brain fog. So it was more... Uh, annoyance on the other end of the phone and I was like oh my god like I don't know why I get so mad because it's not even happening to me and you know I don't even know if it's because somebody's speaking to her that way I don't even think that that's it because she can take care of herself I just think it's like just how inconsiderate people are and how upsetting that makes me and apparently I still have a bone to pick with like my last job um I won't, but like, I don't know. I don't even work for anybody anymore. And whenever Alicia tells me that like a supervisor made like a crappy decision or they're trying to like, um, uh, I don't know what the word is. Basically, they're overworking everybody right now, like any other job probably is. And, you know, people aren't getting paid for all the extra work and morale is down. I feel like this is just every job I've ever been to. And now I just get to live it vicariously through Alicia because she's having to deal with it. And I just realized I'm almost like 10 minutes talking about this fucking bitch that said that she had bronchitis. And sorry, I just really got mad. Like, you don't see what's going on. You're not the one that has to take care of, like, her and, like, see how she just, like, can barely walk at the beginning. She was having a hard time breathing. And you want to call and get annoyed because she's still experiencing symptoms? Like, go fuck yourself. That's so stupid. Anyways, um, what else was I going to say? Oh, you know, I was thinking, you know these memory issues I have where, like, I'm talking about something on here and then I forget what I was talking about? Um, I 
I think that if anybody listens to my episodes before November 2022, I might actually sound like I got my shit together. And then if you compare those with whatever I sound like after November 2022, which is like after I got my hysterectomy, you might notice that like I'm more forgetful. And I'm just going to blame this on menopause brain because I don't remember being this scatterbrained and like this forgetful when I initially started this podcast. So um, if anybody agrees with me that that's why I seem more forgetful, can you please let me know? And also, I'm not even on the topic yet, but I don't know. I'm having some anxiety too, which is not anything unusual, but, um, you know, Alicia's finally starting to get better and like, I've still been doing all the things and it's been a little bit overwhelming and I feel kind of like, um, I don't know what the word is, but like, I'm doing these, like I, I mentioned, I write like these, I call them public journals cause they're not books. I don't know what else to call them, but I was doing one every month for like the first five months maybe and then because that's my goal is to do to do one a month and then like I haven't even been able to get like my my most recent one out it's been like two or three months because just stuff keeps popping up and like I just feel like I can't keep my routines the way that I would like to because there's always something being thrown in the mix that like interrupts stuff and so I just like Alicia said that it's not a big deal um, that I said, I don't have this one done yet. She's like, this is just like a side thing you're doing. Um, you don't have to stress like about it too much, but I think it's more the fact that I had already said I was going to do one a month and now I'm not. And now I feel like I'm not doing what I said I was going to do. And I don't like how that feels, but, um, I don't know. I have to set deadlines for myself because, well, most of the time I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I gave myself a deadline of like one month for each journal and obviously I haven't met that the last few but people are starting to like read them more and which makes me happy because like maybe people are relating and so I figured out how to turn a couple of more into paperbacks and I'm hoping that I did it the right way and but I'm just feeling like I'm not doing what I said I would do not that anybody's out there like this bitch like they're not sitting there like hurry up or anything like that it's this is my issue and I'm the only one thinking about it (laughs) but I just don't like when I say I'm gonna do something and then I don't do it (sighs) so I just wanted to say that out loud so okay this episode is supposed to it's just about EMDR um I'm aware that the way I titled the episode that's not what EMDR stands for um so the reason why I'm talking about this is because Alicia and I did therapy together the other day and we hadn't been able to do it in a while because of just schedules and stuff. Um, so we were talking about like whenever stuff comes up for Alicia, you know, like issues with her or whatever, it also like triggers stuff in me and like... I don't know. Um, Sorry for the long pause. It's just like, it's just so crazy to me. And I still think this all these years later that 
you know, people are responsible for the first part of your life. And even in the first three years of somebody's existence, if they're not taken care of properly, like that, um, that just that will fuck them up. Like when they get older, like th- those three years are the most formative or whatever that word is from what I've heard. I don't know. I took a child psychology class in college like years ago. I only did it because I had to take that. I don't even like children. But anyways, um, I don't know why I said that. But like even the first three years, if your parents don't get it right, like your wiring starts getting like wired the wrong way, like the way it should not be wired. And then like you add several more years of that. And then like then your parents send you out into the world and, you know, like you just hope for the best or whatever. And I cannot believe how powerful it is that just... Oh, I, know. I can't believe that that much, I don't want to say damage, I don't know what the word is to use, but like, it only takes a handful of years for you to like, um, mess your kid up. And then it takes all of these years later, so many years to try to undo like all the crap. And that still baffles me. It's so interesting. It's fascinating to me. It's also frustrating. Because you know, like I only had, I was only living with my parents for 18 years and I've been away from them for over double that now. And I'm still dealing with crap that I thought that I dealt with like in therapy years ago with them, you know, well, not with them, but about them. And so it had gotten to the point where like, you know, Alicia something, I don't know. I don't know what a proper example is to give, but, um, something will affect her and trigger her for her stuff and then like maybe that causes her to like not talk to me as much or like she's in the room with me but not like actually present if you know what I mean um and then I start personalizing that because I'm still not getting to where I'm in the moment and like catching a lot of these thoughts like as they're happening I'm still that's so hard to do I'm trying to work on that um but then like her stuff triggers my stuff and it's just this cycle that keeps happening keeps happening keeps happening so um we were talking to my therapist who I mentioned before also does the the marriage therapy with us I don't know if I explained that before but anyways it's not like there's no conflict of interest and she had mentioned to me uh my therapist how about EMDR like have you thought about doing that and I thought she was talking about ASMR. That stuff where like, it's not the one where like you have to, like people like to hear things in their ears like really closely. Oh my God. Talk about rage. I would never do ASMR and hear like people slurping and shit like in my ear. Have you ever tried that? No offense if it works for anybody. It just doesn't work for me. Um, but when she clarified EMDR, I was like, oh, um, I know what EMDR is. I used to, when I was in the counseling field, I used to refer clients out to different therapists who did EMDR because it seemed like that type of therapy would fit whatever the situation was going on with a client. Um, and, um, in the corner of her office, she had this, I think I get, the best way to describe it is a light bar. Like it's just this rod um like this stand or something and like horizontally it's like this bar of like light and she was explaining to me how like when you're processing through stuff like verbally 
this thing go like this light turns on or something where like you have to follow it with your eyes and as you're like following the light or whatever and talking about your issues it's supposed to like create a different kind of neural pathway in your brain so that you don't respond um uh so that like I don't know you so that the trauma responses aren't as bad when you have them I get I don't know if that makes sense um, I'm not even going to try to explain that in my own words any more than that. Um, I'm just going to read, I was, I hope you don't mind story time. I'd rather just read this because I can't explain things properly. So this is just for anybody out there who isn't aware of what EMDR stands for or what it means, like what it is. Oh man, I'm ridiculous. So it stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing and um what do they say here i'll include the link wherever i put stuff about this episode okay so emdr relies on aip which is adaptive information processing it's a theory about how your brain stores memories this theory developed by francine shapiro who also developed emdr recognizes that your brain stores normal and traumatic memories differently during normal events your brain stores memories smoothly It also networks them so they connect to other things you remember. During disturbing or upsetting events, that networking doesn't happen correctly. The brain can go offline and there's a disconnect between what you experience, such as feel, see, hear, and what your brain stores in memory through language. Often, your brain stores trauma memories in a way that doesn't allow for healthy healing. Trauma is like a wound that your brain hasn't been allowed to heal. Because it didn't have the chance to heal, your brain did not receive the message that the danger is over. Newer experiences can link up to earlier trauma experiences and reinforce a negative experience over and over again. That disrupts the links between your senses and memories. It also acts as an injury to your mind. And just like your body is sensitive to pain from an injury, your mind has a higher sensitivity to things you saw, heard, smelled, or felt during a traumatic or trauma-related event. This happens not only with events you can remember, but also with suppressed memories. Much like how you learn not to touch a hot stove because it burns your hand, your mind tries to suppress memories to avoid accessing them because they're painful or upsetting. However, the suppression isn't perfect, meaning the injury can cause negative symptoms, emotions, and behaviors. Um, let's see, what else they say about it? How common is EMDR therapy? You know, I um, before I got on to record, I was looking up to see if I could find any um, articles or like studies with like autism and EMDR, and there's almost nothing. Um... Is EMDR controversial? Sorry, I'm still going through this. What does it involve? Yeah, if you're interested, you can just go onto the Handy Danny internet and it'll tell you all about it. Um, I, so like, I don't know if therapies do different things for different populations. And I guess what I mean by that is like, is EMDR for somebody who is autistic any different than EMDR for an ordinary person? Um, does it even matter that I'm autistic? Like, isn't trauma trauma? Um, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying to understand this stuff. I did DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy with my therapist years ago when I was having issues uh, processing feelings. I was just all over the place. I was really rageful. Um, 
oh my god, it was just not good. And so we did DBT for a few years, and that shit helped. Like, I was able to, like, take a step back and observe thoughts and feelings, blah, blah, blah. And I've gotten really good with it, but apparently, like, you know, there's still work to be done. And I'm okay with trying something new. I just, um, I don't know what, what the experience will be like. And I was talking to Tia about it. I was, you know, because I thought it was something like she's going to be observing me, like making eye movements or tapping my fingers while we're talking or something. And I started feeling really anxious in the session. And she's like, I'm not observing you because that's what I thought. I thought she was just going to like, because she said there wasn't going to be like a whole lot of talking. So I'm thinking, are you just going to watch me like stare at this thing that moves or something like and how is this going to help me process a traumatic event I don't know um has anybody ever been through EMDR because I'm curious to see like you know how how that affected you or whatever um but she reassured me that it's not going to be her staring at me because that's all I could focus on and so um I guess the stuff I still need to work through is just the feeling, um, it's, oh, this sounds so cheesy, but it's still, like, the not feeling seen or heard thing, so, like, you know, it's just, it happens when Alicia has her stuff, she deals with it in her way, and then her way of dealing with it kind of closes me off. And so I personalize that. And then I'm like, hello, like, why aren't you talking to me? Like, why, you know, it's just, it's, it's weird to have a situation occur as an adult. And I know I said this before, and that you can sit there and see this exact situation playing out as a child, but with like your parent. So fucked up how this stuff works. And, um... I guess I have to, yeah, I want to work on that stuff because I don't want to, I want to be more understanding because she's got a lot of stuff that she's working through and I'm trying to understand it as best as I can, but also I don't want it to keep bringing things up for me and then I have meltdowns over stuff or, you know, like I just feel upset when I don't have to, so I need to work on this stuff. And I, I guess I'm curious to see what EMDR will do. Um, also, I think, I don't know if I said this before, but I've been looking for a neuro, uh, neurodiverse, is that what it is? Neurodiverse therapist? Yeah, I've been looking for one of those because I've heard a lot of people on podcasts that are autistic say that they had... Um, an ordinary therapist and didn't feel like they were completely understood with some stuff. And so they were on the hunt for a neurodiverse therapist who's, who just understands, you know, the spectrum and all that good stuff. And a lot of these people seem to have found someone. Um, I went to do a search because I want to keep Tia for like a therapist or for a, a couples therapist. Cause she's so good. Like, she's just a good therapist all around. The only issue I have is she's um, she's not on the, any kind of spectrum. She's very clearly an ordinary therapist. You know, not like a bad therapist, just an ordinary person therapist. But a very nice person and a good therapist. 
um, I sound like a, I don't know what I sound like right now, but she has helped me for years. Like I love her. She was the first person I found. I know I talked about that before, but I'm at the point now where I kind of want to talk to a therapist that is, that's, that understands more of like my situation. Um, well, understands like what it's like to be on like the spectrum not even necessarily like the autism spectrum but just like you know somebody on my my wavelength I guess because I feel like there's just some stuff I can't talk about in therapy because and don't ask me what those are right now because like I don't remember but I, I remember I brought up a couple of things in the past when I had first found out that I'm autistic and like I remember Tia was like gave me like this odd look or something like whatever I said to her made complete sense to me but it was like it sounded weird to her when she heard it I don't know how to explain it but you know like I it's not like I look for these things but like if somebody gives me a look I will never forget it um (laughs) I don't know like that's ridiculous like people have different looks and feelings and blah 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 but like you know in therapy she wasn't judging me. I was nothing like that. It was just like that stuck with me, that look of like confusion or um, like, really, you do this? Like whatever it was, that look stuck with me. And I was like, oh, man, like I need to talk to somebody who knows like a little bit more about what it's like to be on the spectrum. And so I went online and I did a therapist search for a neurodiverse therapist in the area or at least in the state. I don't know. I couldn't really find anybody. I mean, I would even take somebody who on their profile says that they work with, um, is it neurodiverse? Uh, works with people like us, neurodiverse. Is that the right word? Sorry, my language is just, but, um, I can't even find that. And I'm really grateful that people put pictures up because I totally judge people based off of a picture. (laughs) That's how I found Tia. I was like, oop, she reminds me of home. I'm going to pick her. And I lucked out with her. She was a good therapist as well. Um, But I need to see a picture. And I'm just seeing like a whole bunch of old white dudes or old white ladies. Like, you know, I don't know. That sounds so judgmental. I just want to meet with somebody that is like a little bit younger, has like not so stuck in their ways because therapy has changed. Now I just feel like I'm an, I'm being an asshole. I just want to meet with somebody that understands me a little bit more. And I'm frustrated that I can't find anybody. That's just what I want to say. And I, I can't, because Alicia was like, would you do um, the online, what do they call it, by Zoom or telehealth or something where you do the therapy on the computer? And I was like, no, like I can't. I can't understand people. Um, as it is. And I definitely don't want to do therapy via Zoom because that's so uncomfortable for me. I need to be in person where I can read somebody, um, where there's no delays in talking. Like, I, there's a lot that I miss and don't understand when I'm talking to somebody on a video. So, unfortunately, I mean, that would have been nice if I could, because then my options would be like limitless. But unfortunately, I can't do that. So I'm stuck with trying to find somebody in the state. And I guess I'm just going to do a search once a month and see if anybody new pops up. Um, because right now I'm just doing the psychology today, you know, that whole like network thing that they have. 
that's where I found my therapist. So I've been like on that. I don't know how else to look because nobody else is popping up in my area. But anyways, I'm just, I don't know. Sorry, I just kept talking about that. But I, I would like a therapist that understands me a little bit more. Um, however, I'm not going to tell Tia that because I don't want to like hurt her feelings. She's a really good therapist, but I don't want to hurt her feelings. And I'm definitely open to doing EMDR with her. I'm going to see how that works. Um, because that's not even like autism specific. Anybody can do EMDR and I have trauma. I still need to, I guess, process through. So, um, I start that at the beginning of the year and, um, I guess I'll let you know how that goes. But, um, what therapies do you guys use for anybody that's in therapy? Do you have a therapist that's on the spectrum? Um, do you do specific types of therapy? Are there any like therapies that autistic people do specifically to them? Does this, I don't know how to, my words, I'm sorry, guys. Um, I, I don't know if there's like, <sighs> sorry, I should, it's just a half hour. I can't go back. You're just stuck with this. I can't edit. It's just, this is me. Um, <laughs> Like, I want to know if there's any therapy that is specific to autism. I should just be direct when I talk. Then I can avoid all the crap, the fluff. But um, I'm not sure if there is. I was doing a search. I can't find anything that's specific to autism except for that fucking ABA bullshit. Why is that still being allowed? That needs to stop. That is not a helpful therapy. That is not therapy. Oh, my God. Because that shit was popping up in my search, too. And I was like, oh, I went on a couple of the websites and I started writing a letter. Um, like I went to the contact info and I started emailing like, hey, and I was like, I can't do this right now. That's rude. Because like, I was going to be like, stop peddling your bullshit. You're ruining people's lives. But anyways, is there anybody out there that has done EMDR? If so, how did it help you? And my second question is, is there anybody that's been told that there is some specific type of therapy that can be more beneficial for autistic people. I'm just curious. Um, once again, a reminder, this is not an educational podcast. I have nothing to contribute um, other than what I find on the internet and then how I interpret what I find and then asking you guys for help filling in the rest of it. So I hope you're okay with that. But um, I just wanted to talk about that. I guess I'm going to try EMDR. And I'm a little anxious about it, but we'll see how the first session goes. And that's all I've got for today. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.